Our third scripture reading this morning comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 16, and this is the message translation. Work at getting along with each other and with God. Otherwise, you'll never so much get a glimpse of God. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. This is the way of love. To God. When I got in this morning, I noticed a piece of my feather boa was still up here. So, just a reminder, guys, sign up for Fat Tuesday. As we are beginning to prepare for the Lenten season, we're in the midst of our more or less sermon series. According to the Minimalist website, minimalism is a lifestyle that helps people question what things add value to their lives. By clearing the clutter from life's path, we can all make room for the most important aspects of life, like health, relationships, passion, growth, and contribution. I think the idea of us questioning what adds value to our lives instead of going through life on autopilot sounds really helpful. And to people of faith, it seems deeply important. What adds value to your life? What personally brings you greater wholeness and more love. Last week we talked about the countercultural need to own less and experience life more. Today our call is to consider living with less bitterness and instead more acceptance. Now I'm guessing if you thought getting rid of material stuff last week was challenging, you're probably really going to find this one difficult. But I don't think it's a hard sell convincing any of us that Jesus modeled a life of less bitterness and more grace and more acceptance. We can see from the treatment by his hometown crowd at Nazareth with his first sermon to the murder of his cousin John the Baptist, to his own trial, mockery, and execution. Jesus had much to be bitter about, and yet he wasn't. I imagine of all the pain in his life, it was the betrayal of his closest friends, his disciples, that likely burned him the most. Being sold for silver by Judas, being denied multiple times by Peter, having all but a few women flee his side as he died, yet in his pain, he didn't seem to hold bitterness towards them. He didn't seem to want them to feel what he felt or to suffer as he suffered. Instead, he accepted them as they were. He loved them and he offered them grace, which no doubt helped them move along their journey towards a more whole and mature version of themselves. Now, I believe this left a remarkable impression upon his disciples and apostles. 
Because letting go of bitterness and rage and instead clinging to grace and acceptance, well, they became hallmarks of our Christian faith. I was particularly struck by the message rendering of the Hebrew passage this morning. Work at getting along with others and with God. Otherwise, you'll never so much get a glimpse of God. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. I think that's some pretty powerful imagery. I'm not sure how many of you garden here, but I can look out and see several of you that I know do. I do not claim to be a gardener, but I have grown up around many of them throughout my life. When my parents bought the 10 acres that they would later build a barn on and they would grow countless gardens on and finally build my childhood home on, it was overrun with wild blackberry bushes, devil's snuff, and thistles. I asked the 830 crowd this morning if they knew what devil's snuff is. How many of you know what devil's snuff is? Okay, I see a few hands. I'm giving away my country roots here. Um, I have no idea what the scientific name of that is, but it's going to be little, yeah, I see Bob being like, yeah, you step on it. Yes, yeah, so they're, they're little pouches that can get rather large. They're going to be brown, and if you stomp on them, they poof in the air. And all these spores, these seeds, fly off everywhere. Well, my parents work really hard now to get blackberry bushes to grow and they train them on wires to make it easy to pick, but nobody wants devil snuff and thorny thistles in their pastures. But as a kid, it was a impossibility for me to not jump on the devil snuff. And much like that with the thistles, while they're thorny and prickly, they have beautiful blossoms on them. But as they dry, if you touch them, those petals, well, that's the seed, and it will get carried away in the wind to propagate more and more thistles if you aren't careful. You see, those seeds take root easily in soft soil of a pasture. And I think that is exactly the imagery we are meant to explore regarding the nature of bitterness and rage. It can easily go to seed in our hearts and lead us to find ourselves reaping a harvest of weeds where fruitful vegetation was meant to grow. James Finley, a major contributor to the Living School of New Mexico, which is the heart of the Center for Contemplation and Action, explains in a video you'll see in just a moment, it isn't anger that is the problem for us. Matter of fact, he says, there is no real healing without anger first. Anger is the God-given strength to reclaim what was taken from us. Watch this quick video with me. There is no healing without anger because anger is the God-given uh, God strength that reclaims what was taken from you. I will not remain passive and allow myself to be treated by a way that I do not deserve to be treated. Anger is not revenge. Anger is not rage. You know, anger is the truth. It stands forth in the truth. So if you forgive for religious reasons before you get angry, that repressed anger will leak out sideways. It's depression, passive-aggressive behavior, so on. 
But once you've gotten angry, and unless you then forgive, you're never free. So you have to forgive in the, like the truth of your anger. And then in the anger, then forgive. So anger isn't unrighteousness. Anger is the tool that lets us know a wrong has been done. Someone or something has been treated in a way that it was not intended. Anger is meant to lead us to restore what should be more wholeness in our world. Yet at some point, your anger will have served its purpose. And at that moment, we must let it go. We can't continue to hold so close to that anger, but release it or else it turns to bitterness, setting loose seeds of rage within. And this bitterness, this rage, will in fact eat us away from the inside out. Now, I'm sure we all have a story or two about how we have at some point hoarded some bitterness about someone or something done to us. Most often, if I've been hurt, if I'm honest, it takes me quite a long time to move to the other side, longer than I'd like to admit standing here in the pulpit. A couple of years ago, I sat with Joe Elmore, telling him once again about some deep hurt and disappointment I had had about how someone had treated me. I had thought that I was really over that wound, but it became pretty clear through my tears and my emotion that I was not. I remember Joe with great kindness looking at me in my pain and saying, Stephanie, you must accept them. Quit wishing that they were different. Quit expecting them to be different. In that moment, I understood Joe was not saying to me, it doesn't matter what they've done to you. You should just get over it. He was saying, you have to release yourself from this disappointment and this hurt. And the only way to do that is to acknowledge and accept the truth of who they are in this moment. This is the best that they can do. In this moment, this is the best that they can do. Now move on accepting that truth. I can't really explain it. I'm sure it's not the first time that Joe and I had had that conversation. I'm sure it's not the first time somebody else had invited me to accept something and move on. But it really helped. I feel in that moment that in some way I was really able to gather up some of those seeds of bitterness and rage that had been scattering in my heart and instead to slowly begin to till the soil of my soul to plant a tiny patch of grace which accepted the woundedness of the person who I was angry at and realized in that moment that maybe what they offered was the best that they could do. Maybe who I brought myself to be in that moment was the best I could do. It didn't make what was done okay, but it did set me free to quit expecting that they could do it differently. It freed me of the space of that wounded bitterness that I had been holding on to. And it helped me be more gentle, even if just internally, with the person who I had felt had harmed me. Minimalism is meant to help us live in intentionality, 
asking the question of what adds value to our lives. Bitterness does not add value to our life. Perpetual anger at how things don't add up or how things have been done, they don't add value to our life. Being against something or someone all the time does not add value to our life. And our society right now needs less rage, less bitterness, and more seeds of compassion and acceptance. If we are ever to hope to mend what has been broken, we must allow our anger to move us to naming the truth, but then releasing that anger before we become contorted by its blinding power. We must accept others, but that doesn't mean we make excuses for them or we excuse their behavior. But instead, we accept them for who they are, even if that means our acceptance needs to come at a distance for our own health and boundaries. Truly, none of us have room for ugly rage against any other in our society. We must only have room for beauty and for acceptance. That is gospel living that Jesus modeled. Before we move into our Taze chorus following this sermon for some time of contemplation, I want to invite you at the closing of this service this morning to come during the closing hymn, and at the altar there are lots of these packets. Now, in these packets, you're going to find about five or six seeds. They're not weeds. They're not weeds of bitter discontent. In fact, they are seeds of zinnias. And so I would invite you this Lenten season, when the last frost hits the ground, which good southern gardeners know is after Good Friday, all right, then I want you to find a section of your yard or a potted plant and scratch a quarter inch into the earth and then plant these zinnia seeds and turn them under. And then this summer, watch as what takes root are beautiful flowers and shades of multiple colors. And as you look at them, remember to intentionally and regularly weed your own heart of bitterness, making room for those things that truly add value to your life. And then when fall comes and your zinnias die, snap the heads off and save those in a dark, dry place. And then next Good Friday, you will have even more seeds to plant. So grow this garden in your yard or in a pot and symbolically grow this garden in your hearts. As you release anger and you move towards accepting others, and all that this life offers to you.